Welcome to Today in the Word with Pastor Bob Larson of Calvary Chapel Caldwell. Pastor Bob will be with us in just a few minutes, but first we'd like to let you know that Calvary Chapel is located on the corner of 10th and Everett, across from the library in downtown Caldwell. We have two Sunday morning services at 9.30 and 11.30. If you prefer Saturday nights, we have a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. We also have a midweek service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC Channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. The works of the flesh are envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I told you beforehand, and I also told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So, um, oh, I cut out the section that said fornication, uncleanness, and lewdness. (laughs) Anyway, sorry about that, but you guys know it's in there, right? Galatians 5, uh, I'm reading it like, hey, I cut out the wrong verse. Anyway, uh, so he says, look, shouldn't be involved in these things, fornication. And so that, the Greek word for fornication is pornea, and you all know what word we get from that in the English. Pornography, right? And it refers to all illicit sexual activity outside of marriage. So, uh, you know, if a young guy comes to me and says, Pastor Bob, is, you know, pornography a sin? Well, the word fornication in Galatians chapter 5 that I cut out, they didn't get a C, but it's in there. You can look it up. Galatians 5, uh, 520, you can look it up. Uh, It it talks about, right, any illicit sexual activity outside of marriage, right? And then he goes on to say uh, fornication, uncleanness, which is the word akatharsa, which literally means unclean, right? Sexually unclean. And uh, when used medically, it referred to being infected. Catharsis means cleansing. Acatharsis means uh, unclean or filthy or infected. And it's interesting that he puts that with sexual immorality. And we know, you all know, because I've showed you hundreds of times, the CDC says that the United States has a sexual epidemic of sexually transmitted diseases, right? There's just, people are, I mean, it's crazy. And, and, and it's almost disturbing, right? One of the people who here goes to our church works with the government, and they told me that there was an outbreak of, and it just seems so weird. I don't remember what it was. I didn't want to write it down. It was like gonorrhea or syphilis amongst junior hires somewhere in the valley here. And I'm just like, that just seems so wrong, right? But when you think about it, if all the adults are saying, hey, everybody have sex with whoever, whenever, right? Be as unclean as you want, right? Causes all infections, right? I mean, that's just a scientific fact. And then lewdness, which refers to sexual indulgent without shame, right? Being pride, prideful about sexual immorality, being boastful, bragging, don't care what other people think, right? And so all of those things, the Bible says, are sin and wrong. And Paul is saying to the Christians, hey, Christians, this is not right. And uh, now there is a segment of the church in America today that promotes that as well, that says this is good and this is okay. And uh, I read a, uh, a report done by the uh, Colson Foundation, and uh, they have uh, a weekly report. Um, it's called Breakpoint. And uh, they said that these reports come out regularly that say, well, the church in America is shrinking and and the reason that young people aren't coming to church anymore is because, uh, you know, that pastors are, um, you know, preaching sin and preaching the blood of Jesus, and that's why they're not coming. Now, he pointed out in this Breakpoint report that the truth is is that those articles are written by hyper-liberal I call them pseudo-Christians, right? Ones that don't believe in the Bible and don't, don't believe in Jesus for salvation, don't believe in sin, don't believe the blood covers your sin, and don't believe anything about the Bible. I don't know why they call themselves Christians. But, but what he said was the truth is, and this is good news, he said churches that teach the Bible and teach that sexual immorality is wrong and teach that sin is wrong and teach that Jesus died on the cross for your sin, those churches are growing and have continued to grow. Now, I was telling this to one of our pastors, and I said, this church started out with eight people. 
And it has been continuing to grow. And those of you who come here know, I talk about sin, right? And I tell people that it's wrong. And, right, why? Well, because that's what the Bible said. I didn't invent it. And so Paul is telling the church in Corinth, hey, sexual sin is wrong, and, and it's not good for you. Now, why does God want to tell his people, hey, there are things that are bad for you, and there are things that are good for you? Because he loves you, right? I'm a parent. I have three kids. I love them. And I would tell them, hey, these things are bad for you. Don't do them. And, and so just as God loves us. And so verse 90 goes on to say, let us... Uh, nor let us tempt Christ, as some, uh, some of them also tempted who were destroyed by serpents. And now he's talking about unbelief. And so in Numbers 21, where he said, and the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why? They said to Moses, Moses, why'd you bring us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there was no food, no water, uh, and our soul loathes this worthless bread. And so uh, remember, why did they wander in the wilderness for 40 years, those of you students of the Bible? Why did they not enter into the promised land? It was unbelief, right? They didn't believe what God said. They chose not to obey God. They chose to live in unbelief. And so God said, hey, you know what? I want you to go in the promised land. But they said, we can't do it. Now, it's a picture for us of our lives as well because God has things for you and for me. And he says, hey, I want to do this. And we can either say, yes, Lord, let's do whatever you want to do. Or we can say, we can't do it, right? And when my kids were little, we didn't say, I can't do it. Say, look, don't say those words, right? You can say you don't want to do it, but don't say you can't do it. You're a smart little fella, and you can do anything, <laughs> whatever it is. I can't do my homework. No, you can. Now, you can say you won't. That's different than I can't. Uh, and, and so Numbers 21, it says, So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and many of the people in Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, and we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Uh, pray the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people, and the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, he shall live. Now, this was a picture, right? Brass is a symbol of judgment, right? So they have this brass pole, and serpent, the serpent was a symbol of sin, and so the brass serpent uh, was a symbol of God's judgment, and by faith, when they looked at the brass serpent, they didn't die, right? Now, there were some that said, I'm not going to look at that stupid pole, and they died. And there were those who, by faith, who did what God said, they looked at the pole, and they didn't die. Now, the brass serpent on a pole is a picture of our sins being judged by God on the cross. John 3, 14, it says, And Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even uh, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So it's by faith that we look to Jesus, just as they did back then. Romans 1.17 says, uh, the just shall live by faith. And so as a Christian, we live by faith. It's a Christian, our Christian experience is a life of faith. And Romans 10.17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we walk by faith and we grow in our faith in our relationship with God. So he's telling them, don't live in unbelief, right? And number 10 or verse 10, he says, nor complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, if I would ask you, which one do Americans struggle with more, sexual immorality or complaining? I don't know. But anyway, right, uh, he tells them, look, complaining trips you up in your journey to experience God's best for your life. And the people were complaining against Moses. In Numbers 14, 2, it said, all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in the wilderness. So they said to one another, let us select another leader and return to Egypt. Now, get this. God sends Moses to bring them out of slavery. They're slaves in Egypt. They're making bricks. They're slaves. God brings them out of slavery and says, I'm going to take you to a place where you have houses and homes and fields and flocks, and you didn't work for any of it. It's all going to be free. And they're like, no, we want to go back and be slaves. Now, that's a picture of something, right? Now, they're complaining about it, and uh, 
in Numbers 14, how did God see their complaining? Well, he tells us in Numbers 14, 30, it says, you shall by no means enter the land which I swore I would make you dwell in. I, the Lord, have spoken this. I will surely do so to all this evil congregation who, who are gathered together against me. In this wilderness, they shall be consumed and they shall die. And so uh, when they complained against Moses, how did God see it? God said, they're complaining against me, right? So when they were complaining against Moses, they were complaining against God and God's plan for their life. And, and so that's why the Bible tells us in Philippians 2.14, do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. So, so important for us to make sure that we're, we're recognizing that God doesn't want us to be complaining about his plan for our lives. And, you know, someone once said that uh, a complaining tongue reveals an ungrateful heart, right? I mean, and basically what that means is, is that when you look at your life and, and you look at what God's teaching you and where you're going, that you're just kind of like the children of Israel saying, what do you know, God? Who are you? Who are you to know, right? I'd rather be a slave, right? And, and, and uh, Luke 6, 45, he said, Jesus said, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, uh, I don't know about you guys, but Luke 6.45 was one of the hardest verses for me to come to grips with. Because probably for the first 10 years of my marriage, every time I said something to my wife that I shouldn't have, I said I didn't mean it. And then she would say, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And, and I remember just, it just made me angry, right? Because I would be like, no, I didn't really mean what I said. And she would say, yes, you did. You wouldn't have said it. It was in your heart. It came out. And I'm like, ugh. And I mean, it literally took me 10 years before I started believing that that was true, that what I was saying really came out of my heart. And it probably took me another five years before I was able to say, Lord, uh, help me to stop putting bad stuff in my heart so that bad stuff doesn't come out, right? Because that's what Jesus said, right? It, whatever you put in is what comes out. So it took me quite a long time to grasp that. But if you don't understand that and you don't believe that, well, then you're deceiving yourself, right? If you think the stuff that comes out of your mouth is because of your parents or your brother or your uncle or your spouse, well, that's contrary to what Jesus said. He said what comes out of your mouth is in your heart, right? And so important for us to recognize that we should be giving thanks and not complaining because as Paul's telling them, look, that's not, a, that's not God's plan for your life to be complaining. We need to look at the good and, and that doesn't mean that everything's going to go well all the time. There's going to be trials. There are going to be difficulties, but you can look at the good, right? I always try to look at the good. If someone comes up to me and says, oh, I got in a car wreck this week. My car got totaled. I tell them, well, you're going to get a new car. That's awesome. <laughs> right? I always try to just think about the good, whatever. Someone tells me, oh, I got the flu. I'm like, all right, well, you're going to get some immunity, and then you won't get sick for a while, right? Whatever it is. Uh, one of the pastors said, I got sick, you know, and I was really sick, and oh, I don't know. And, and, and he told me, yeah, and I lost 10 pounds. I'm like, that's great. You should want to get sick once a year. I mean, it's like you just have to look at the good, right? I'm thinking, hey, yeah, you know, lose some weight. You just didn't get the flu, right? And uh, Maybe it's because you stop eating carbs when you have the flu. I'm not sure. But, uh, but God wants us to be thankful, right? He wants us to look at the good, and it really is your perspective. And we talk about this a lot, but when the Bible says do all things without complaining, it is a perspective that we choose to look at the good that God's doing and focus on the good because you get to choose what you want to think about. You can either be thankful and look at the good, or you can choose to always look at the bad and always complain, right? And, and it's just not appealing. And that's what the Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, and everything gives thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, that's one of my favorite verses, in everything give thanks. And, and uh, I believe, uh, you know, next month we have Thanksgiving. It's one of my favorite holidays because we get a whole day off to think about being thankful, right? And you know what a lot of people do when they get a day off from work to stay home to be thankful? They complain <laughs> about what? Anything. 
It doesn't matter, <laughs> right? But here's the thing. God wants us to be thankful. And if you came to church tonight wondering, what does God want me to know? Well, he doesn't want us to be complaining. He wants us to be thankful. You're like, well, what if bad things happen? Well, then we pray and say, Lord, help me to look at the good. And how are you going to work this for good? Because we know, I didn't even write it down because I'm sure you know it. Romans 8, 28, the Bible says, for all things work together for good for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. If you don't have that verse memorized, you should memorize it. Because it basically says, if you love God, God can work out anything for good. Even if people mean evil towards you, God can work it out for good. Now, the way you can have a thankful heart and not be a complainer is to know that verse and then to look at life, no matter what comes your way, God is going to work this out for good. I don't know how, but he's going to. That's what his word says, and I believe his word to be true. And so you can just have a positive attitude all the time. And, it, and it's very, very helpful. Now, Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel Caldwell is now hiring full-time and part-time positions for our exciting Calvary Kids Learning Center. If you enjoy working with children from newborn through kindergarten, please give us a call at 453-9653. Positions are Monday through Friday with our availability to fit your schedule. To learn more about these exciting opportunities, please call 453-9653. We look forward to meeting with you. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on The CW, Channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, we'd like to invite you to one of our services. We're located on the corner of 10th and Everett, right across from the library in downtown Caldwell. You can also visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. If Today in the Word is ministered to you and you would like to support this radio outreach ministry, we encourage you to pray for us. You can also partner with us financially. Simply visit calvarycaldwell.com to make a donation. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. May the Lord bless you and may you have a great day. Today is the day you